Kyrie Irving is tired of being seen as second fiddle to LeBron. While we can report on what people are telling us, and certainly I do that as best I can, we're going to have to wait to hear from the primary forces here. I had sources in LeBron James camp literally tell me, and I'm quoting, if Kyrie Irving was in front of LeBron James right now, LeBron James would be tempted, quote, to beat his ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another edition of Be Honest. We're talking NBA drama. It's so funny because uh, the NBA is always, during the offseason, they always give us more. It's the it's the sport that continues to give year-round, and we appreciate it. Uh, the storylines are huge. LeBron, is he a good leader? LeBron, is he a good teammate? LeBron's the best player in the world. LeBron, guarantee, will take you to the finals. LeBron will get you a championship prior to the super team being formed and the Golden State Warriors. So it's really interesting that Kyrie requested a trade. Normally when a player requests a trade, it's about the team. It is about the team and the player not necessarily fitting one another's skill set, if you will, lifestyle. This is about LeBron, Kyrie, and the Cavs. Why is it a LeBron story? Because he doesn't want to play with LeBron anymore? So now it's, what did LeBron do wrong? Because LeBron is so great, why wouldn't anybody want to play with him? Normally, LeBron dictates who he plays with, not the other way around. LeBron will get you a championship, so why wouldn't you want to stay in Cleveland and see what could happen and get another chip, Kyrie? Well, there's definitely something wrong with LeBron. At least that's the way the story is starting to form. On today's podcast, I asked Brian Winhorse to talk to me about what happened, why the story broke, how the information came out, um, what are Kyrie's options, what are LeBron's options, what really happened. There's so much to the story, and of course, reporters don't know everything. Some stuff we'll never know. Some stuff will be behind the scenes. You know, there's LeBron's version, there's Kyrie's version, there's a Cavs version, with the truth being somewhere in the middle, the gray area. But I will tell you this, during this podcast, Brian and I were just spitballing and talking. And one thing that we did come up with or did try to discuss was LeBron as a leader. Like immediately you think LeBron has been a leader. He came out when he was in high school. He was the best player. He was the king, et cetera, on and on and on. But was he? Because when he played for Cleveland, he really wasn't a leader because there were no expectations when he first came out of high school and played for Cleveland. There really weren't the get a championship right now. You have to grow into that leadership role. He gets to Miami, and he wasn't the leader there. The best player, but not the leader. He was one of the leaders, but if you had to pinpoint it and give it to anyone, some would say it was Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam. That's what that's what we're being told, but Dwayne Wade... Namely, because it takes a leader to step back so somebody else can flourish. It also was a very well-run franchise. So LeBron really wasn't the leader. This is the first time we've seen in his career, these past three seasons, LeBron as the leader. This is the first time we've seen LeBron as the leader and not necessarily the winner. LeBron the loser, if you will. 
This is the first time someone has said to LeBron, you don't get to control this story. I'm going to leave you before you leave me. You know, like relationships. You don't ever get broke up with. You do the breaking up. That kind of thing. It's really interesting. Brian Winhorse provides some really good insight. Then, of course, you decide. Thanks for listening. And welcome to another edition of Be Honest. Brian Windhorst, back on this edition of Be Honest. Um, Brian, there are a couple of things that I enjoy, and I probably shouldn't say that I enjoy this, but I enjoy when you're angry. I do like (laughs) when you're miffed on television. It happens from time to time. (laughs) I I mean, you're just a really cranky son of a gun sometimes. That's true. Why is that? Ask my wife. (laughs) You know what it is? Yeah, you know what it is? I I deal with stuff all day long, you know? And so sometimes when people ask me about something, it's like the 34th time I've had to discuss it. And I should be a professional and be like, give it the correct tone for the 34th time. For example, does, does, did Kyrie uh, leave because uh, LeBron's, he knows LeBron's going to leave next year? Mm-hmm. Like that question. It's a legitimate question. I get, I've been asked it 100 times in the last week. And I've explained it 99 times, and the hundredth time, you're just like, Ugh. I I appreciated uh, the angry uh, Brian on Coast to Coast earlier this week, and you you had a legitimate beef. Your concern, and and without getting into the the, the specifics, your concern is this: Listen, I work very hard. Um, this story has been told uh, in so many ways, and sometimes. The person who broke the news is the person that they forget broke the news. and so. Well, I don't even care about that so much, but... What do you care about? Well, this week, what got under my skin was the storyline that LeBron's camp leaked the, the story. You know, that, that LeBron leaked the story and that for some reason... And the reason that's frustrating to me is I have to fight every day of the year that I'm not just writing whatever LeBron tells me, which is a challenge, trust me. Um, you know what? I don't think people – this is what I said about about reporters, and you made this very clear. Uh, you you guys cannot go out there and make up news. And, and one, you can't make up news because it's your credibility, and we've seen people in this business who do make up facts or who don't – who don't have accurate documentation and they they don't fact check and they don't last. They I mean it ultimately comes back to hurt them. So I always wondered what was the benefit of LeBron's camp leaking the news? What was the benefit of some some of Kyrie's friends going on social media, you know, saying things about LeBron, suggesting that LeBron is lying to the media? I don't understand how leaking this news would would have benefited LeBron. Tell me just from that. I don't know either. I mean just this particular story for some reason, um, that became a storyline, and I was confused as to why. Because to me, the only thing that matters is that whether it's accurate or not. Well, um, it became a storyline because it goes to who people say LeBron is. They say that he's duplicitive. They say that he is always trying to maneuver and control a narrative. That's that's a reasonable answer. Just in this case, like um, this particular story, it was like gut-wrenching to report this particular story. Why? Because... First off, just to peel the curtain back, like when I first started reporting it out, I learned that the Cavs were going to announce Kobe Altman as their general manager last Friday. 
and I like and respect Kobe, and I didn't want to ruin his day. I mean, I, when I say ruin his day, I didn't mean like make his day difficult. I mean like it was going to be his day where he's going to be named GM, and I didn't want for him Cavs name Kobe Altman GM, and then two hours later I report that Kyrie wants to be traded because then it has the 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 perception that Kyrie saw Kobe Altman get named GM and then want to get traded. Even though he had actually made the trade demand earlier, the way people would have perceived the news was that. So when I heard that the Cavs were going to name Kobe the general manager that day, I was like, damn, I don't want to screw this guy like this. That's interesting um, because I would think my first thought is this is breaking news and we got to get it out. Well, and I we, would and, not even have thought well, and Kobe. I did, but I did put it out. Of course. I mean, but, you know, the Cavs delayed the announcement because of that until Monday. Um so of course, it, when, when a situation like Kerry, when a when a player signs a contract, generally that's a positive thing. The, the team is happy that they're signing him. The player is happy he's agreed to the contract. There's a lot of happiness there usually, and those are easier easier to report. When you report information that's going to cause pain, there wasn't any party here that benefited. Kyrie didn't want this out. The Cavs didn't want this. Yes, go ahead. Why did Kyrie not want this information out? Because it puts him in a terrible spot going forward. Which is? Which is he now has to walk around on the earth with everybody knowing he's got a trade demand out there. And if if like, if like this had stayed private and the Cavs weren't able to come to a trade agreement, then Kyrie could have come to training camp in the fall and you know just operated as normal. And the Cavs would have known about it and probably some of the players would have known about it. But he wouldn't have had to walk the earth with people knowing he wanted to get traded. I mean, there's... Stuff you know you see on social media, people are doing stuff in um, in Cleveland, getting ready. In fact, the the newspaper in Cleveland, I should say Cleveland.com, the website that that's basically the largest media outlet in Cleveland, did a did a story this week where they said, here are the five best locations where you can burn Kyrie Irving's jersey after he gets traded. That's he doesn't want that. I mean, you know, granted, when you ask for a trade, you open yourself up to that, but ideally, you would not have that out there so of course he didn't want it the Cavs don't want it out there because if it's out there then it, then it limits their leverage a little bit if everybody knows they're in a conciliatory position for example if you just call up a team and say hey what would right. you what you're would right. you you're what would right. you give for Kyrie Irving right. maybe the team's like boy they just maybe want to trade Kyrie now teams know that they have to trade him and I don't think it makes LeBron look frankly look good either nobody looks good in this entire situation you're absolutely right about that so let's get into why it even played out did something trigger this what was the breaking point i i find it interesting that and i always say this to folks who who try to tell us our our job better than we know our jobs they were like no that happened when this happened and that happened i was like you don't get the information as it's happening i know there's always an information lag yeah like you're not getting it it, hey Kyrie says to his agent i want to be traded they have that conversation then it doesn't immediately go like come on i wish it was like that (laughs) it's it's not that way but what's what was the breaking point did something happen during this year's finals i i i have to believe something was always brewing uh, because I remember they had growing pains when LeBron first got there, mm-hmm. got to the team because it immediately became LeBron's team and he didn't sign up for LeBron per se. 
uh, or he was happy being Kyrie in this world, from my understanding. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Did anything happen? Were there small little events and then there was one big event? Or was it just over a period of time and he was just fed up? The direct answer to that question is I don't know. Hmm. Kyrie, at some point, I assume, will articulate that. Um, I'll never forget, Carrie, um, July 1st, 2014. That was the summer of LeBron's free agency from the um, from the Heat to the Cavs. Uh, first night of free agency, Ka- Kyrie and the Cavs come to an agreement on a contract extension uh, around one in the morning, one thirty in the morning. I remember it because I was I had left ESPN and gone back to my hotel in Bristol, thinking the, that the the night was over because we were almost off the air, and I was halfway back to the hotel in my rental car. And got the news that Kyrie had decided to commit and had to do a U-turn on West Street in Bristol, and come back to Good the, old West Street. Come back to the studio <laughs> to do to do a um, you know breaking basically breaking news on the LA Sports Center. And that, that night, Kyrie posted a video of him dancing. He was in um, I don't know where he was. I don't think it was a hotel. I think it was someone's house. Maybe his dad's house in uh, New Jersey because they had met in New York, and he was dancing, and he was dancing because he had just agreed to a ninety million dollar contract. Um, but he was also dancing because he was so happy about where things were going with the organization. They were they were going to build the team around him. There was a brand new coach and a brand new GM, and the new GM was David Griffin, and he had been the he had been in Phoenix for twenty years, and that was where they built the team around Steve Nash. Kyrie was dancing. Like, even though they had been terrible, he was like, I'm going to get paid, and they're going to build the team around me. And this new coach, he hated the previous coach, Mike Brown. They never saw eye to eye. Um, and 10 days later, LeBron comes. And and he had no idea. He didn't. I, I, there, there's people in Miami who feel like this was pre-set up. I'm telling you, the Cavs would have to be megalom, you know, they'd have to be maniacs to have presented what they presented to Kyrie to get him to sign because they didn't know LeBron was coming. I mean, the, all you need to know about whether LeBron was coming was the fact that the Cavs hired David Blatt. They would never have hired You're David right. Blatt to coach You're right. LeBron. You're right. So You're right. from that moment on, Kyrie's life, from what he thought it was going to be, changed. was going to be changed. And boy, that first month they had together was misery for I, Kyrie. I, I, understandable. And that's where the, you say the GM at the time, then D- GM, Griffin came in and, and, and massaged Ky, Kyrie's yeah. ego and, and helped him through this process because we all need it. But now that we know he wants a trade, do you think he'll look back if, in fact, granted this trade, that he'll look back and regret the years that he didn't play with LeBron and maybe regret the possibility of not ever seeing the finals again? It's a, it's a career gamble, you know? Let's talk about career gambles. You You've taken I, career gambles. I, and you and I both know that when I left First Take, everyone, including people who worked on the show, told me, I feel sorry for you. No one really was like, no one, not a soul. No one was like, this is great. I'm happy for you. Do it. You're going to do great. They all gave me a look like, good luck. They all gave me a look like. They pat you on the shoulder like Yeah, they were like, just try not to get lost in the sports in a rotation. No one had my back. And I'm not an idiot. I read your energy before you even say anything to me. So I knew that was the energy. And those are people who were kind of saying, you know, they were backdooring it. The only person who within the company was happy for me was, you know, Jamel, because she knew 
she felt like she knew what my potential could be. And she also felt like I just needed another platform because it was a great platform. It makes you very popular. You become very aware of certain situations. You listen to these guys who have all this information and who covered the, the game for so long. So so it's it was a great platform. I always say that because now that I'm looking back and this is why I'm talking about Kyrie, I think to myself, there are some moments when I really do miss not be, I mean, saying, God, I wish Skip and Stephen A were right here for this. I'm, I'm, this would be great to hear from them right now at the same time, making each other, you know, upset, angry, even better, elevate the conversation. But, you know, overall, I, I don't miss it. I think my first six months were a little uncomfortable because I didn't have a, a place mm-hmm. uh, on Sports Center, but I don't miss it. Right. And I may not be at the big event, i.e. the finals. Um, I may not have a seat at the table like they do 25 million dollars skip have it you know or whatever the case may be but overall I, I feel creatively content I wonder if and I liken this to Kyrie he's okay with not making the finals if that were to ever happen again he's okay with not ever winning a championship if that were never to happen again what he really wants to do is play the game he loves since he was a kid and play it at a high level and at the end of the day do his best to get a championship, but if he doesn't, he's still doing it his way. I think that's a very, very frank way to look at it. I think he wants to be the guy who was dancing that night when he thought, I'm going to get paid, I'm going to get to do my way, and this is going to be a great five years. And, I mean, the, the Cavs had been miserable. They had been the worst over those four years. Three of them, Kyrie was only there for three years. I, I, I see, I, I've seen people say, well, LeBron abandoned Kyrie once before he could do it again. That's not true. Kyrie didn't come for a year after LeBron was in Miami. Exactly. He certainly abandoned the Cavs. That's not yes. under question. Yes, 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 um, yes, 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 yes. That's not accurate. But Kyrie, th- those three years, they were miserable. They were horrible. Um, he didn't get along with Byron Scott because Byron, it was tough love. Then By- my- Byron's old way. <laughs> right. Um, then... You know, I think just ask, just ask about D'Angelo Russell I know, and Kyrie. I was, I could was have, thinking they could have a nice conversation. Um, but Byron has his reasons. Mm-hmm. And then he really didn't like Mike Brown at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mike Brown basically got fired after a year because the Cavs were worried about signing Kyrie to that extension. And so Kyrie finally thought, really it was Ty Lue who was the assistant. He ju- he really connected with Ty Lue. Everybody does. Yeah, I was going to say. Everybody loves Ty all, Lue. Yeah. And he loved what he heard from David Griffin. And he was like, okay. Now I'm gonna get to be me, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna love playing basketball for this team again. And then it was like, actually, the taskmaster is coming in. He's a talented taskmaster, but the taskmaster is coming in, and they've had a lot of success. So I get why he wants to be free. What I would say is I question his timing, because I would have told him my advice to him would have been just do it for another year. Number one, you get another bite at the apple. I mean. Who knows what happens? You know, get another chance to play in the finals. And then number two, if no matter what decision LeBron makes, it gives you runway. If LeBron says he's going to leave, then you have wide open clearance to ask for a trade. Uh, or you could play a, a year for the Cavs with you as a centerpiece and see if you like it. Which leads me to some that must have really went down. Something happened right. that made it immediate. And and so whatever happened, whatever was building there, and I this is all speculation, 
But if I'm listening to you, give me the reasonable choice. You you mean to tell me you don't think that Kyrie doesn't have counsel around him saying, don't do that. Don't ask for that now. You don't think that his agent said what you said or his father or whomever, or people who know the game better than us, or even you don't think that he even went to maybe Griffin and talked to Griffin about it and said, listen, that's where I'm at and I'm doing it. And someone tried yeah. to talk him off the ledge. And no matter what, with that sound, solid advice, because you don't make these life changing decisions without speaking to other people who know more. What some, and that's why I'm like, it's going to have to come from him. I don't know the answer. I, I do know that in the in the finals, he and LeBron talked about their partnership in a positive light. When you're winning, so, that's the best deodorant, right? I guess that's true. I mean, like I'm I was trying to remember before the Kobe Shaq breakup how much we knew about their distaste for each other. I don't think it was a secret. Um, it wasn't. So Kobe was the taskmaster in that situation, but Shaq was his own person. Clearly, Shaq was probably felt that he was just a, a bigger star, if not. So Shaq wasn't going to let this little boy tell him what to do, in other words. But I don't I do know now that they look back on it, they realize they messed up. Right. Because there was still time for them to be individuals, but they could have still gotten another ring or two because that's what they wanted. But they ended up both being able to go off and have their own success. So, yeah. you know, they do regret it. But I wonder, you know, the, the, the satisfaction of. I'm do not, it on your own. What do you think about LeBron? Is he a horrible taskmaster? He can be very difficult to play with. Um, but ev- just about everybody who he's played with has been willing to sign up for for it one more time. The deal. The deal is, all right, he's going to yell at you on the court on national TV. Sometimes when it's his mistake, he's going to bark at you. He is going to control how the team plays. The team is going to be totally catered to his situation. His style of play, his preferred methods. Um, you're, you're going to be a spot-up shooter because he's going to hold on to the ball until he decides you want to get it. You are going to sometimes deal with his criticism, be it on social media or in the outright media. You are going to sometimes have to deal with the fact that he operates how the team. They, you know, Is he a good leader in your opinion? I think that would be a – LeBron likes to sort of dictate – let me tell you a quick story to answer that question real quick. His first day back with the Cavs in 2014, first day of training camp, they're about ready to start. David Blatt's first day as an NBA head coach. He tells David Blatt, I'd like to hold a players-only meeting right now. Right when they're – I mean, the, 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 the cones are out, the whistles around the coach's neck. I'm gonna, I'd like to hold a players-only meeting. David Blatt's like, uh, what's he going to say? Okay. He tells him okay. Closes the door, leaves the coaches out on the court, you know, swinging their whistles around. And LeBron goes player by player in that team meeting. This is what I, this is what your role is. This is what your role is. Kyrie, this is what your role is. Deion Waiters, this is what you, all the way down to the guys who are just in training camp to be, you know, dummy bodies who are going to get cut no matter what. Goes all the way down the list. The players were flabbergasted. This is what coaches do this. Like I remember Jeff Van Gundy used to do this like two or three times a year. Everybody line up against the wall and he'd go in front of everybody and say, this is what you do. You rebound. You pass. You, you're not going to play, but we need you in practice. That's not, role definition is not unusual in the NBA. In fact, it's a good coaching method. But this was a player on the first day of training camp usurping the coach and everybody else. This is your role. Like LeBron dictating their role. Okay. Is that, is that good leadership? Some people would say that's amazing that your number one player would set a tone like that. Other people would say, 
what a tyrant, right? So the thing that's about LeBron is that is baggage, but the positives of what he delivers, you're going to be on national television. You're going to get a shoe deal. Do you know how many of LeBron's teammates have gotten shoe deals? Like, yeah, some of them are for Spalding and some of them are for Peak in China and stuff like that. You're going to get... You're going to become famous. You're going to play deep into the season. You're going to get paid. Like when when it's David, what I talked about. Yeah. It's the platform. Yeah. He provides you with an incredible platform. Is it worth it? Most people have said yes. For how long? Most people have said for as long as possible. Like if you ask the Miami Heat, I know because I've asked them. <laughs> they would not do a thing different. Okay, here's my next question. And they would have had him back. I only reason why I'm hesitating is because I see both sides. And I think you understand that. I think that you work with people on their shows that could be taskmasters, that could be very, very tight about what they want and how they want the show to go. I'm talking TV talk because that's the only thing I know. But there's an upside to it, right? You're able to get the time that you need to tell your story in your way, it gives you a platform so that you can do your job, hopefully in a better way. And so sometimes you accept it. And sometimes it's worth it for a period of time. And then sometimes it's worth it for as long as you need it or as long as you can have it. I think of LeBron, and I ask you this question, think about the greats. Does being the best player ever mean that you are that you're not a great leader? Do the two go hand in hand? Because it's important to be a great leader of men in basketball. Was Michael Jordan a great leader? What about Kobe? I don't think Kobe was a great leader. Yeah, I mean, there are... Shocking. You know, when um, when LeBron went to Miami, Dwayne was there to... He was a great leader. Yeah. Dwayne was probably the leader of that team. And Dwayne also was able to lead by taking a step back. LeBron's talked about this on a dozen occasions. As does Dwayne. Where, like in the second year, I mean, in a way, it takes an, an incredible confidence in yourself to be able to say, here, take this, I'll give you the reins, I'll take, you know, you take them. When LeBron came to Cleveland, that wasn't there. And not only was that wasn't there, he didn't have a coach he believed in. As I told you that story about the first day, like he wouldn't have pulled that with a coach that he knew and respected. He obviously – that was a sign of disrespect for David Black. Really, from the first day, he set the tone. Okay. He was never a leader, right? That was his attempt to try to lead. No, but he wasn't a leader in Miami. Can we agree on that? that Dwayne he wasn't was... the leader. No, it was always Dwayne. Dwayne and even Udonis Haslam. And, and UD. Yeah. This is his first time being a leader, and we're seeing the effects of it, good and bad, correct? Yes. Yes, I think this is the first time LeBron suffered a loss like this. Most times he's able to get guys to come with him. And this is the first time basically somebody said, somebody of consequence has said, you know what, stick it. You want you okay, so I'm I know I'm getting too deep and I and I and I'm going here thinking about it and overthinking, but I wonder if LeBron realizes this was his first time being a leader. These the, the first season 
may have been difficult, but at least they made it to the finals and that was considered a win. Then they win and that was considered amazing. But then they come up against trouble. This is, we're watching him in this role in so many different ways. This is our first time really seeing him be a leader, if we're honest, because he wasn't leading in Miami, if we're honest. He was he was the greatest player, but he wasn't leading. He was, he, you know, it's, it's not a black and white issue. Okay. He was leading, but he wasn't, he wasn't number one, you know? And also, Eric Spolster and Pat Riley. It was a much more well-organized yeah. franchise and machine. And all I'm saying is that it's just not LeBron off the court. He is probably realizing he can't do it all on and off the court. It takes There needs to be a structure in place. He can't be the GM, the president, the greatest player, the leader, the team captain. He can't do it all. It's impossible. Also, do you he, think Jordan had to do it all? No way, right? No, you know, and it's you know who's been fascinating to talk to about this Kyrie stuff is is Scottie Pippen. What does Scottie say? Scottie is pro Kyrie in this. Mm, of course he is. You know, now he'll say, "I never would have left Michael." He'll say that because he didn't have it. He didn't have he didn't, he didn't have by it meaning but, the strength, but the, he, the 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 fortitude. Like this this takes a lot but, to say I'm leaving. But probably he felt a lot of the same stuff that Kyrie felt. So he'll say on he'll he'll say on one hand I never would have left Michael, but he'll say on the other hand I totally get what Kyrie is doing. Kyrie get traded? I I don't think it's going to be. I think he will, but I don't think it's going to be simple. And I do think it could drag on into the season because. Right now, the Cavs do not have a – they're not in a position of strength in, in talks with other teams. And this trade, especially since it's a new GM and especially since LeBron has one year left, it's probably going to be the most important trade in the history of the team. And uh, it's going to define Kobe Altman's general managing career. He's not to put the trade together. I mean, Dan Gilbert – will be a factor in the talks, but Kobe is going to have to put it together. And it's it, it it's an incredible challenge. It's, it's also, if he executes it well, could set him up to have a wonderful career. Because there's so much on the line and because I think it's going to be hard to execute, I think it could I think it could drag out for months. I mean, I sure as so hope not. I, I'd love it for it to happen on Monday and we could just deal with it and get over with, but I I suspect it's going to drag on. Here's my question for you. Are the Cavs self-destructing? Um, I don't think they're self-destructing, but the other day at the press conference, Kobe Altman said, this is not broken. And I and I actually f- have felt that way before Kyrie's trade demand. When they weren't able to trade for Jimmy Butler and when they weren't able to trade for Paul George, I was saying to people, you know, what they've got is pretty good. I didn't use the phrase, it's not broken, but that was my sentiment. When Kyrie asked for the trade, I would say that it is breaking um, because it's going to be really hard for the Cavs to execute a trade that's that's going to really make them better. And with the way the gen, the way the general managing the, the whole thing with the front office and then Kyrie leaving, if the Cavs have a disappointing season, which what they can declare a success carry is pretty narrow. I mean, it's like championship or kind of bust, right? Like, it's hard for me to see LeBron ready to stay. I mean, I don't think that that's cast in stone. I just think right now the momentum is not in that direction. Okay, so this is my thought, honestly. I'm not even – 
I don't know why I'm making it about LeBron, right? Why are we making this about LeBron? Why can't it just be Kyrie's not happy and he wants to move on and do something else? Why is this LeBron, all LeBron? LeBron? I, I do agree. This is what we talked about this, I think, this week on the show. This is very unusual. Typically, when a player asks for a trade, it's team and player. Those are the two parties. You have three parties here. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think LeBron's contract situation is a major factor. If LeBron had three years left on his contract, I think I don't think it would be a, as much about LeBron. But because what the Cavs do here is going to affect what he does a year from now, and because when LeBron has changed teams, the last two times LeBron has changed teams, it has dramatically affected the league. It has completely changed the Which league. Which is why it's about LeBron. And so with that coming up again, it's it's there's so much weight to it. And it's you know and it'll be for the last time. This is probably going to be LeBron's last major contract decision because if, you know, let's say he goes play place and plays 3 years, he'd be 36. I don't know if at 36 he carries the same ability to change a game. I mean, I expect him to still be a great player at age 36, but maybe not able to carry a team to the finals on his own. Um, and this is one of the things, Kerry, that I think has frustrated LeBron. LeBron's always had this plan. You know, he went to Miami and then he went to Cleveland and both times was part of major sweeping changes. He wasn't planning on this. He was planning on a year from now being able to say, Kyrie and Kevin, I will stay with you or Kyrie and Kevin, thank you very much. I will go to here. He was planning on controlling the narrative and how things work for that's everyone right. else. That's what he was planning on doing because that's the way he's done it. That's right. And, and now so. Kyrie says, hold on. I can right. change it too, my friend. Yeah. And Kyrie, as I said, I am sympathetic to the way Kyrie feels. I, I think his, t- I think the timing of it has made it challenging for him. Of course. And maybe I would have thought of a different time. Like, I think in a year he'd only be 26. Why do you think the news got out that he wanted to leave at this moment? The news got out. Why? Why now? Why the- was it? sourced triple sourced as you say the news got out because other players on the team found out about it that's why the news got out um and i think it's interesting that i mean i'm not saying the Cavs didn't have any trade calls with Kyrie because i would have because i'm not i don't get all their phone calls i wish i had their phone log but had they like called like supposedly 20 teams have called them. Had they called 15 teams to pitch Kyrie, we would have heard about it. Um, it's just that's the way the NBA is. And we didn't hear about it for almost two weeks. And it didn't it only got out because I think Kyrie, some of his teammates found out, and I think they communicated with Kyrie. And, you know, once the team, once the players find out, now and agents find out yeah. and stuff like that. It's a wrap. Um, but it didn't get out because the Cavs were – banging on doors and it didn't get out because Kyrie was leaking it. Um, you know, did LeBron know? Of course. Did LeBron tell people in his life? Of course. LeBron was seeking advice from people. I mean, one of LeBron's best friends in the league is now the vice president of basketball operations for the Phoenix Suns, James Jones. The Phoenix Suns might be one of the teams that trade for Kyrie. I mean, these things just, you know, this was, I I wish LeBron was directly leaking me stuff. My life would be so much easier. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody. Well, you know what people do think that. I, I but the people who I, know, I would, people you know, who know, honestly, know. like that's the, people carry people just always they always rap me for this. I saw this is my thing. The biggest scoop of LeBron's career has been when he came back to Cleveland. He gave it to Lee Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I wish he would have given it to me. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I congratulate Lee doing it. 
I, I, I didn't, I didn't get that story. I wish I did, which, you know, I get, I get criticized for, you know, LeBron this, LeBron that. I'll take the criticism if I get all the big stories. That means I didn't great. get the biggest story. It means you're great. That's all. I, no, it just it's don't. I wouldn't even. Yeah, it's don't fine. even. Please, it's uh, fine. Brian Windhorse on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, here. Carrie. All right, so there you have it. All the drama in Cleveland. Uh, coming up next, we're doing the Honest Thirty. That's when I ask our guests to take an honest look at a situation and give their take. Uh, up next is Brian Windhorse giving us an honest thirty-second take on the Lakers. Maybe a little longer because it's the Lakers. The Lakers are back being in the NBA consciousness. Whoa. Heard it um, here first. Breaking news. Breaking news. We back. We better. We back. We better. We back. We better. Um, the Lakers are going to be on national TV 25 times this year. What? What? Go and on. And Lonzo Ball. Is box office. For sure. Like, he is going to be must-see TV. Every, I would argue that. Virtually every every week, the lake like you know e- you know every you know there, there, there's double headers on ESPN and TNT. The second game, like ninety five percent of the time, is either going to be Warriors or Lakers. You guys can't see me because it's all audio, <laughs> but I'm dancing. I'm doing a happy so, dance right now. I know that though. I knew that. Let me. Wait, can we? I know we got to go because I got. I'm supposed to uh, interview someone else. But let me just say this for two seconds. What we haven't done, which I've been trying to do. Can somebody take a moment and, and give Jeannie some props? We haven't really stopped and talked about what she did and what it took for her to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? I'm done. I'm going to court. Bro, you tripping. I'm done with you. I'm not fooling with Phil. I'm going to get this franchise back on track. I'm going to introduce Magic because I'm smart enough to know that not only did my dad want this, but Magic is an excellent businessman despite what you think of him. And Magic is going to be smart enough to know to get out of the way. And then they went to Kobe and said, who do we get? This is how I imagine it going. I don't have any sources. This is how I imagine it going because Magic said he'd talk to Kobe first if he did become president of the Lakers. Kobe said, get Rob. Rob got on part. Rob is here and Rob is now finding the best talent because he's arguably the most powerful or was at one point agent in the league. And he knows where the talent is. They are feeding him this information and they're telling him who's great. We back and we better. We back I would and we say better. The la- so, so the... The team of the day is the Warriors. Boo. So, so they're the most exciting team. Boo. The team with the most exciting future. Lakers. Is the Lakers. Lakers and, 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 and Sixers. But Lakers. Sixers. Well, they. I mean, we'll see. But the Lakers. We back. Then who, the league needs it. Who do we need? Who do we get next year? Do we get? Let's just let's just throw it out there. Do we get Paul? Do we get Russ? Do we get LeBron? Who do we get? Do we get all three? Listen, oh my Russ, God! I'm excited. Russ has not signed that. Who we get? Who we get? You know, What's your gut telling you? You know what Magic said? One of the things Magic said right when he first got the job, we're going to get somebody. Oh, that's it. It's a wrap. I, let me tell you on my list. Even though I'm going in here going ham on him, LeBron's number one on my list. Number two will be Russ and then Paul. No disrespect, just that way. Well, the Lakers, it's been a, it's been a we've been in the desert here. Yeah, so we need it. Okay, okay. No. I love you. Thank you for joining Thanks, the podcast. Gary. I appreciate it. The Lakers are back and better. That's all this podcast is about now. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Windhorse on Be Honest. So there you have it. Wendy says the Cavs are breaking. What will happen to LeBron in the future? Where will he go? Will he be a Laker? Will he stay in Cleveland? And what in the world is going on with him and Kyrie? 
Will they play together this season? Can they coexist on the court together and off the court? Because all that stuff comes back. So many questions. So many what ifs. I, for one, love it because I am a curious bee. I love to ask questions. However, however, I think it's interesting to see where LeBron, or how LeBron, rather, and his camp handle this. I think this will be the very first test of his leadership skills. How he handles this moving forward will determine if, in fact, LeBron is a great leader. I ask the question and I ask you, if you're a great player, do you have to be a great leader? The two don't always go hand in hand. Like, you guys work every day, and you might have a manager who has the name and title because they have the experience, but they don't know how to manage people. I I mean, was Jordan a great leader? I don't know. I'd have to ask Phil. I'd have to ask other people who hung out with him. Maybe Scotty will tell me. But the more and more I think about it, I don't necessarily think you need to be a great leader if you're the best player. Talent changes all. Kobe wasn't a great leader. He'll tell you that. He led differently, but he wasn't a great leader. It's really interesting. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, the Cavs breaking. All right, that's it. We're out of here. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.